Hello guys and welcome to the podcast. This is Angus and in today's podcast we're going to discover the 10 things you must do in order to lose fat. So this is uh, based on a list that I put out on Facebook of the most kind of important things or things to consider at least if you are on a fat loss journey. So right there at number one and these aren't in any particular order but I would definitely say this one is number one. It's you must create a true calorie deficit. And what I mean by a true calorie deficit than a just a calorie deficit is sometimes you think you're in a calorie deficit but you're actually not in a calorie deficit you just think you are you think you're on a diet but you're not you're overloading the calories sometimes there's a problem with some certain foods that you're eating that have a thing called a halo effect you think because they're healthy they're somehow devoid of nutrients and energy but that's not true of course if you eat nutrient-dense foods and only nutrient-dense foods, it's very difficult to actually put on fat. It's actually very easy to lose fat, but that doesn't mean it can't happen. So you must have a true calorie deficit. And in order to have a true calorie deficit, you must do some sort of monitoring or have a system in place that works for you, that supports your lifestyle, that works with you. So that is number one, creating a true calorie deficit. Number two is track your measurements. Too many people are just tracking the weight on the scale. And the problem with the weight on the scale, as I tell everyone all the time, is if you lose, lose a kilo of fat but drink a liter of water, so the first time you weigh in, you're really dehydrated and you step on the scale, and let's just say you're 100 kilos just for easiness of maths. You're 100 kilos, you're all bummed out, you do a week of hard exercise and you manage to lose a kilo of fat. You've actually lost a kilo of fat in that week. But you decide to get serious with your water and you hydrate properly and you drink a liter of water. That liter of water weighs one kilo. You step on a scale, you're still 100 kilos, but you've lost one kilo of fat. No, water is not fattening. Water will just make you weigh on the scale or things will make you weigh on the scale. If you're wearing all your clothes, you'll weigh on the scale. So what I want people to do is to track their measurements. The two most important ones, um, especially for females, for men it's just the waist, but for females, track the hip, round about where your hip bones are, where you're at your widest, and your waist is just above your iliac crest, which is the just the top of the hip bone where you, if you prod all the way up, you can feel, if you prod all the way up from your hip, you'll feel bone, and then eventually you'll feel this kind of softness, and that is your iliac crest at the top there, just the very top of your hip bone. And that is your waist there. Measure around there. It's normally roughly around about where your belly button is, sometimes a little bit higher. Depends where your belly button's sitting. And measure that. Your waist measurement kind of indicates one to two centimeters is roughly about a pound of fat lost, depending if you're going to lose it off your waist. People lose fat from different areas at different rates. And it's just one of those things that we need to take in. Other measurements you can do is your arm and your thigh. But always, always, always measure the biggest area because what will happen sometimes is you'll measure the biggest area one day and then you'll measure a slightly thinner area and think you've lost two centimeters, five centimeters, but you actually haven't. So always try and measure in exactly the same places. If you track your hips and your waist and you measure your neck, you can use a thing called the US Navy. Uh, body fat um, calculator. I have one on my website on anguspt.com. It's free to use. You can pop in your your measurements there along with your weight and your height and it will give you your body fat percentage and it will also give you what your lean mass is. And those things are important to just keep an eye on week to week, week to week to keep an eye on them. So at number three, we have a diet break. 
nobody but nobody is taking diet breaks. And I find diet breaks the most useful tool in the toolbox. So you set up your diet, you're losing fat, your body does not want to lose fat. And this is why people fall off the wagon and they fall off the wagon hard. They burst one tire in the car and what they do is they get out and slash the other tires and they put on more weight than when they than they initially lost. And this is an absolute nightmare situation. So what I want people to do is take a diet break, a controlled diet break. So say you diet for three weeks, take a week off, take two weeks off. There's a, a study from an Australian university, I think it's Tasmania, um, everything comes out of Tasmania, like the Tasmanian devil, but we, they did a, a diet over the course of, I think it was 16 weeks, where they went two weeks on, two weeks off, two weeks on, two weeks off, two weeks on, two weeks off. On the two weeks off, it's not off diet. They're just eating to a maintenance level. So they're not going to lose any fat in that period, but they're not going to gain any fat. And this is really good for your metabolic rate, which is this behind the scenes system that's working in your body. And this is the thing that really dictates whether you're losing fat or not. And rather than say, I want to lose 10 pounds in 10 weeks, will your system allow you to do that? Perhaps your system will allow you to lose 20 pounds. Perhaps your system will only allow you to lose five pounds. That's frustrating, but that's how it works. That's like saying, I want my car to do 200 miles an hour, but it's not going to. There's a system. You have a system. You have a unique body. But taking a diet break is a really useful way. You just need to be super patient. So do a diet for a period of three weeks. Lose the weight in that. Go on a diet break. Eat to your maintenance level calories. And there just hold try not to try not to worry if you put on a little bit of weight try not to worry if you if your centimeters go up a little bit that's gonna happen especially in the first week but in the second week of your diet break things should just level out plus you'll feel a lot better start enjoying the foods that you really like to eat without any restrictions other than your maintenance levels which is normally quite a lot of calories i think i've got a a a maintenance calorie calculator on my website i need to double check anyway it's anguspt.com should have one on there and it will tell you what your maintenance calories so number four is your maintenance calories and this ties in with the diet break you need to know what your maintenance calories are because your maintenance calories is what you're going to take away your diet calories from so let's say your maintenance calories are 2000 calories you eat 2000 calories you are not going to put on any fat and you're not going to gain any fat. You're also not going to put on any muscle and you're also not going to gain any or you're not going to lose any muscle and you're not going to gain any muscle. This is just where you sit nice and even. This fluxes up and down, but your average number say is 2000 and it's different for everyone. It depends how active you are. If you're a gameskeeper and you're walking 16 miles a day, you can expect your maintenance calories to be 3000, 4000 calories. That's totally possible. If you're a very small petite woman that has an office job expect your maintenance calories to be low maybe even as low as 1500 calories so dieting for you will be harsh so when you're dieting you're wanting to take away from your maintenance calories whatever you're eating taking away from your maintenance calories is what your body will then have to find from inside your body because if you're not consuming those calories or that energy your body has to get that energy from your stored energy inside your body, either from lean tissue like muscle, bone, or from fat, which is what we're wanting to target. 
the bigger you make your calorie deficit, the more likely you are to steal from your good systems, like your organs, um, your liver, your kidneys, your heart can start losing its mass. Your muscles, your muscles on your skeleton will get smaller. That's not a good thing. You don't want that. You want to only target fat. So making a huge, huge, big calorie deficit for a long, long time will be detrimental. But doing a large calorie deficit for a short time, one to two days, isn't really a problem, but then you need to come in. But it's better just to go slow and steady because then it doesn't flux your energy levels all over the place. So that was number four. That's find your maintenance calories. Number five is eat protein and vegetables. If you base a lot of your meals around eating some protein, that's any sort of meat product, eggs, fish, those sorts of things, that's protein. You ideally want to eat lean protein. I didn't always used to be a lean protein person. I used to, and I do enjoy like a fatty ribeye steak. But our ancestors actually ate a lot of lean protein because the animals they hunted weren't so lean. Wild game, when hunters go out and find wild game like elk and deer, those animals are very lean because they're just running about all the time. So they ate a lot of muscle tissue. They also let a a lot of the organs like the heart and liver and stuff. Those things are really nutrient dense. If you can stomach them, eat them. If not, you could take like a pate. I'm not a big fan of liver, but I can handle a pate. There's loads of nutrient dense things from the organ meat that's really important. So lean meats are important and veggies are really important. So we're talking broccoli, cauliflower, Anything that's grown above the ground is generally very low carbohydrates. Not that carbohydrates are a problem, but it's just they're low in energy, but high in nutrients. And that's what you're looking for. They're also high in fiber, so they fill you up, fill up your stomach, send a signal to your brain saying you're full. The protein also is very slow digesting. It's one of the hardest things for a body to digest. Therefore, it takes a long time to digest. So it tells the brain, hey, no more food. We need to process what we have now. It's sort of like a parcel office that just gets hundreds and hundreds of parcels and says, hey, don't deliver any more parcels. We are we are full just now. So your stomach will enjoy big plates of food with lean protein and veggies. So on to number six, and this is your hunger, energy, and cravings. You need to keep these in check. These things will trigger you to go off plan. If your energy dips, you're not moving about as much. So even though you're in a calorie deficit, now your maintenance calories are coming down to meet where your calorie deficit. So say your maintenance calories is 2000 calories and you are dieting at 1500 calories, but now you're moving less because your energy is just taking a nosedive. Maybe your maintenance calories has come down to about 1600. So you're only dieting 100 calories a day. That's a Kit Kat. So if you eat a Kit Kat, you're breaking even. And you're only losing the size of a Kit Kat off your body every single day. And that's just not enough. So keep an eye on your energy. When your energy starts to dip, it's time to up your calories. That will rev your energy back up. If your hunger is becoming out of control, more protein, more veggies can help with the hunger. When you're dieting, calories are the only thing that matters. 
if you're locked in a cage, but in the real world, your hunger will get the better of you and it will send you to the bakery and you'll just overeat and overindulge. So hunger is a warning sign that you are in a deficit, which is great because that's what you're looking for. You're looking to lose that fat. But when your hunger is out of out of sorts, if it's out of crazy, then you really need to keep an eye on that. So keep an eye on your hunger and ask yourself about your hunger, energy, and cravings. If your cravings are through the roof, that is you mostly if it's if it's something calorie dense that you're craving that's a good sign that you're in a calorie deficit but it's also a good sign that your calories are too low and it's best to up those just a little bit um you can give your body a little bit of something this is what the diet breaks really good at it gives you the psychological break and it gives your body a nice refeed so it builds up all its stores again it feels good it's lost fat it's not going to gain any more fat the fat you've lost is now safe. You're not going to gain any more fat. So the diet break is really useful for balancing out your hunger, energy, and cravings. So keep an eye on your hunger, energy, and cravings. They are a window into your metabolism and what your metabolism is doing. So number seven, we have get enough sleep. So in the hierarchy of importance, sleep comes second to nutrition and it comes before exercise. So before we start thinking about doing these 6 a.m. runs and these high-intensity body coach workouts, what we really should be doing is, did we get enough sleep? If you do not get enough sleep, you're gonna be knackered, you're gonna be tired, you're gonna be irritable, your body's gonna be craving more foods, so that's gonna throw out your hunger, energy, and cravings, they're gonna be out of whack. So even though you're in a calorie deficit and you're following this amazing calorie plan, but you are super duper, tired because you didn't get enough sleep you need to keep an eye on it because it's going to throw you out so top tip on getting you to sleep is exercise is absolutely brilliant to getting you to sleep because if you tire out your body but make sure you go into bed at a reasonable time cold dark rooms no screen time before bed have a bedtime routine unwind stress if you're having a very stressful day that will stop you going to sleep Keep an eye on your sleep and treat it really importantly. Treat it as importantly or as the most important thing because bad night sleep or chronic bad sleep will put you completely out of whack and it will just have you spinning your wheels forever. So sleep is super important and that is number seven. So we are on to number eight. Number eight is workout and working. So doing workouts are great. The best sort of workouts to do are the ones you can do. There's no best time to do workouts. It's the time you can fit them in. Do workouts that you enjoy. I recommend people do some sort of high intensity, but doesn't damage their limbs, like loads of repetitive jumping and craziness, uh, loads of burpees with bad back angles and landing on their ankle funny. If your exercise is hurting you, it's not benefiting you. But some sort of high intensity is good. Some sort of steady state cardio. It doesn't have to be a run. Long walks are absolutely brilliant, but I'll get to those in a minute. Runs are great. Exercise bikes are great. Some sort of steady state cardio. It doesn't have to be too crazy. You're always looking to build up your level, and it should be something that you enjoy. Kickboxing is great for that as well. Also for workouts, some sort of strength training where you're getting stronger and pushing your muscles harder and harder and harder to build some muscles. Following a good exercise program, or a good weightlifting program will really help with this. You want to cover up 
the big basis of a hinge movement, a squat movement, a pull movement, and a push movement. Once to twice a week is good, any more than that, and you're really gonna just start developing even better, but don't put yourself under pressure to doing too much too soon because you need to get in these other things. So a work-in is different to a workout. So a workout, you're working out your stresses and you're working out. A work-in is when you're trying to recover, actively recover, working in. And what we do mostly in society to work in is eat yummy, yummy food. But that then just causes the problem and then just causes this big cycle. So you need to do something that you actively enjoy, taking a nice leisurely walk. Listening to podcasts is absolutely fantastic, that sort of thing will be really beneficial for you. The other things, take a massage, watch a comedy. These things are work-ins. These things relax you and calm down your nervous system. So a workout is something that excites your nervous system. You're being chased by bears and then something relaxing, like chilling out in a bubble bath or a nice hot bath and just chilling and relaxing. Both these things really work and why they work for, for fat loss is they keep your body in a nice temperament. Remember, We've got to keep an eye on this hunger, energy, and cravings. And if your hunger's out of whack and your cravings are out of whack, that's you looking for a work-in. So sometimes a work-in can help with those things and help balance you out and help balance you out, especially when you're in a calorie deficit, because calorie deficit is quite stressful for your body, especially if you make a big calorie deficit, which I don't, I don't advise you to do. But working out, working in, and balancing those things out. So number nine is turn your expectations into appreciations. And this one is huge. So many people expect to lose two pounds per week. And when they don't, they throw it in and straight down the road to the chippy. Totally pointless. Messing up your results. You need to turn your expectations into appreciations. You need to start appreciating when it is a nice day, go for a walk instead of expecting it to be a nice day. If you expect a nice summer in Scotland, you've already lost. You need to appreciate the nice days when they come. Same with exercise, same with your fat loss journey. Whatever you lose is absolutely huge. 97% of people that start a diet within a year will be the same weight they were when they first started the diet. 97%. Because all these people expect to lose weight. And when they don't, they spit out the dummy. You need to start appreciating that a one pound weight loss is absolutely freaking huge. And if you lose one pound every two weeks or every month, if you just lose one pound a month, you'll be a complete dress size down in a year. And in 10 years time, you will have been outside of that 97% failure rate you'll be in with that 3% success rate. So people expect too much. They expect it to be too easy. They expect themselves to be super successful. And that's not true. Turn your expectations into appreciations and you're going to do so much better. So number 10 is have a system in place. So what I mean by a system in place is set up your life so it works for you. Some of the things in my house that aren't allowed in is chocolate. We don't have chocolate in the house. Why? Because I love chocolate and I'll eat chocolate. 
my number one favorite thing in the world is licorice. And I can't have licorice in the house. I can eat a kilo bag of licorice, which isn't exactly good because that's basically a kilo of sugar. And I can eat that. Oh, but you're a personal trainer. You've got it all. No, no, no. I have a system in place. Licorice is not allowed in the house. I'll have licorice as a treat. That's no problem. If I buy a lot of licorice because I like salty licorice from Sweden, if I buy some licorice, I'll put it around to my mom's house because she doesn't touch it. Um, and I'll just help myself to a little bit, little bit, little bit. If it's in the house, I've already lost. Have a system in place. If your desk is covered in donuts, you're gonna eat those donuts. If your desk, if you work in an office with girls who bring in cake all the time, you guys are all gonna eat the cakes. It should be illegal. It's not illegal. You need to work a system where you ban cakes or cakes are only allowed every fortnight or a system you need to think about a system because as humans relying on willpower is just not going to work you cannot rely on willpower you must you must you must create a system that supports your life if you rely on your workout buddy to turn out to turn up and work out but your workout buddy isn't reliable that's a really pants system you're better finding a workout buddy that either does workouts as a job that's always there or you have a workout buddy that's been doing workouts for the last 10 years and never misses a training session that's a better person to have a workout buddy and that's a better system so creating small systems that help you stick to your goals will be a lot more beneficial so that's number 10 so that's is all 10 so we've got create a true calorie deficit track your measurements take a diet break figure out what your maintenance calories are eat protein and veg as 50 to 60 to 80 percent of your meals should kind of consist of that and that will help you out loads number six is keep a check on your hunger energy and cravings Number seven is get enough sleep. Number eight is focus on workouts and work-ins. Number nine is trade your expectations for appreciations. And number 10 there is have a system in place. So you can, uh, at the end of the podcast, if you need any more help, you can go on anguspt.com. I've got loads of bits, tidbits on there to help you out and links to all the social medias. So if you're not following me, click on those. And thanks for listening.